Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. I was reading about a woman called Ruth Flowers. She was around 57 years old and felt that something was missing from her life. She had taken up photography, she had done all sorts of things. But at 57 years old, this lady decided to run the Berlin Marathon. Pretty amazing thing to do at 57. Well, she felt there was more in her life that she wanted to do. She felt she'd not really discovered where her gifts quite lay. Well, nonetheless, her grandson invited her to his birthday party. His birthday party was held in a nightclub. So she arrived at the birthday party, some 60 years old. The bouncer said to her, I don't think you want to go in there, ma'am. The music's pretty loud. She said, no, I'm going in there. My grandson's having his birthday party. Well, when she went inside, she found something started to happen to her while she was listening to the music. And she said this, she says, she says, there was a real osmosis between the music and the lights and it energized me and it made me feel so much younger. Well, she left that club and she said to her grandson, maybe I should be a DJ. <laughs> and he laughed at her. A few days later, she contacted him and she said, I want to be a DJ. So he connected her with the top French DJ, a man called uh, Oriel and Simon, who introduced her to Electro, and he trained her in the DJing techniques, you know, with a, with a hand, you know, and he built her image, and she got an image and a name called Mammy Rock. Well, I mean, she, she did her first big gig um, with, with people such as Lenny Kravitz, Mariah Carey at the Cannes Film Festival, and the bookings just poured in. At 71, she was one of the hottest DJs on the circuit. And she played at the famous Glastonbury Pop Festival. She's been uh, on TV, she's made TV appearances and on radio broadcasts. And this is what she said. She said, I like to mix the old and the new. So I might put an electro alongside an old favorite by the Rolling Stones. Do you know, I don't know about you, but I think that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to mix the old and the new. He wants you to be established, but not so established that you grow stale, that you do something fresh, and that you realize that it's not too late to live your life to the full. I mean, to run a marathon at 57, she stepped into a whole new way of life, and she ended up dying at the age of 83, lived a really full and enjoyable life. You know, I think for some of us, it's very easy to think it might be too late for us. Joseph may have thought it was too late for him. He got these dreams, but 13 years later, nothing had happened. Oh, it must have just been pizza. David was anointed when he was a young boy. You're going to be king. But it's also 13 years later, nothing's happening. You could think it's too late. But there was one man in the Bible, a man called Caleb, who realized it's not too late. And 40 years later, at the age of 80, he said, give me that mountain. I don't know about you this morning, but I want God to give me more. And I want us to realize today that it's not too late to do all the great things we want to do and to receive all the great promises of God. Oliver Wendell Holmes said this. He said, most people go to their graves with their music still in them. What is in you that could still come out, but you've made a pronouncement, oh, I think it's too late. The title of the message today is this, it's never too late. It's never too late. If your dreams have been delayed, if your dreams have been damaged, if you're in a place of despair, maybe you're divorced today, I wanna tell you it's never too late to have a great life 
and to do what you know, some of you know, is on the inside of you today. So let's read a text here this morning where it tells us that no matter where we are, God's got something for us. Matthew chapter 20. And Jesus speaking, he says, for the kingdom of heaven is like, in other words, this is how God works. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. Some people have a head start in life. To hire workers for his vineyard, he agreed to pay them a denarius for the day, and he sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard, and I'll pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon, the middle of the day, and, f- and, and about three o'clock in the afternoon, did the same thing. Now, this is amazing. At five in the afternoon, how many of you know that's pretty late? He went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? I think that's God's question to some people in the room. What are you waiting for? Do you think it's so late that nothing significant can happen? That you can't make money? That you can't be, do you think it's too late for you? I'm here to tell you it's never too late. Now watch what happens here. The scripture says, uh, They respond, because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages. Watch this, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired at five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These were those who were hired last, worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the uh, the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Did you not agree to work for a denarius? You need to remember that when you get your pay packet. Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. See, God's a God of opportunity. Don't have the right to do what I want with my own money. Or are you envious because I'm generous? But I love this. So the last will be first. And the first will be last. So you see, no matter how late you start, you can have similar success to those who started early. Isn't that great? For some of us, we can feel like it's too late, but God says, no, no. The first will be last and the last will be first because I'm a God of opportunity. And if you step up and you respond to me and you trust me for better things in your life, it's never too late. I'm a God who can open amazing doors. You can be and do things you never thought possible because there's no such thing as too late. And some of us, when we get to to the end of a certain decade in our lives, whether it's the 20s, Oh, I'm 29. Oh, I'm 59. Oh, I'm 49. I'm 69. The end of that decade, you feel like it's your sell-by date. I'm here to tell you there's no sell-by date until you go home to be with Jesus. So let me give you eight reasons why it's never too late. Hmm? Eight's the number of new beginnings. God's got more for you. Number one, it's never too late to begin again. No matter how badly you have failed, you can start again. This parable tells me that at five o'clock in the afternoon, God came along and offered opportunity. And if you've messed up your life, if you've been retrenched, 
you've been divorced, you've failed, you caused yourself your own grief, it's not too late because God is the God of the five o'clock in the afternoon and he wants you to start again today because the first will be last and the last will be first. Can you say amen? You see, it doesn't matter where you start as long as you start. Isn't that the truth? I was reading about the late Liz Smith. She's a British actress who's now passed away. Her mother died when she was two. Her father began to raise her. He abandoned her and went off with one of the mother's best friends. And then the, the, the woman said, no, I don't want you. And so she was left destitute. Um, then she married and her husband went off with someone else, left her with two little children. And she was stranded as a young woman. She said she was so frustrated. She worked in a toy shop. It's the only job she could get. And she said every now and again, I'd go out and I'd go to these market sales. They call them threepenny sales, where, where for three pennies you could buy crockery. She'd buy all the crockery and she'd go home and she'd smash the plates on the wall. And she'd say, got rid of my frustration. How I many you know a person like that doesn't, it doesn't bode well for them? Anyway, she's working in the shop and she's always had a dream that there was more in her. At 50 years old, she gets spotted by a director who asks her if she could play an old woman in a movie. She then stars in The Vicar of Dibley. She stars in uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory with Johnny Depp, Oliver Twist. Some of you may have seen The Royal Family. And she got an MBE from the Queen for her contribution to drama. She retired at 87 after 37 years of acting. You see, it's never too late to begin again. And they once asked her, don't you think you should have a facelift? This is what she said. I've never considered a facelift as I make my living looking old. I thought that's what I do. How many of you know you can feel young, but you can look old? I get up in the morning and I feel like today's the day. I'm going to write. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to travel. And then I go look in the mirror. I go, who's that? But you can't be ruled by your feelings. Because it's never over until you go and be with the Lord. And she had 37 wonderful years after a very, very bad start. Some of you may have seen the movie The First Grader, very interesting film, 2010. It's the story of a Kenyan farmer who, when he discovered at 84 years old, he discovered the Kenyan government had said they were going to give free education. He decided to take them up on it. Well, he had a lot of opposition. Anyway, he got together with a teacher and that young teacher helped him. He ended up joining a class of six-year-olds and sitting alongside them and getting his education. At 84 years old, it's never too late. You can begin again and you can finish that which is unfinished in your life. I want to ask you, if God is a God of opportunities, why are you sitting back? He's calling you like he called those workers and are calling you to come out and do something fresh in your life. Number two, the second thing is this, it's never too late to change. Some people say, oh, that's me, you know, I've always been like that. I've always had these attitude problems. I've always been that kind of person. I always speak my mind. Well, we're suggesting you change in Jesus' name. How many of you know we can change when God changes us? Max Dupree, the great leadership guru, said in the end, it is important to remember that we cannot become what we need to be by remaining what we are. You see, sometimes people we revere, we don't realize they had to change. They weren't born like that. St. Augustine is one of them, a saint whose writings we revere still used and quoted today. 
But he was a man who once had such issues with desires and lust. He prayed this, Lord, make me pure, but not just yet. <laughs> Anyone relate to that? But God worked and changed him. And that change birthed a whole work of God across the centuries. Think of someone like William Booth. He was born in Bristol, quite a tough, hard sort of man. Who would have thought that he could have, could have amounted to anything? But God got hold of him and transformed him. And when he met with the Lord, he said, Lord, I'm going to give you all I am. This is, this, is, this is who I am. Take all of me and do what you will. And the Salvation Army was born. And millions of people's lives have been changed because one man was changed. You might think today, I can't change. I've got habits. I've got attitudes. I've had a bad background. I want to tell you it's never too late to change. And you know how you change? You allow the Holy Spirit to change you because you can't change yourself. When Samuel anointed King Saul as king of Israel, he gave him some instructions and he said to him, you're going to go from here. You're going to meet some prophets. But then he said, something interesting is going to happen to you. And I want to read it to you. 1 Samuel 10. He said, the Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with him and you will be changed into a different person. How wonderful is that? Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hands find to do, for God is with you. You see, we need to remember, church, that the Holy Spirit's the one that changes us. You can be with Jesus and around Jesus, but unless you give the Holy Spirit access, you'll stay the same. Peter was the leader of the disciples, fearful. He denied the Lord three times. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes, he stands up in front of 3,000 and he preaches with boldness. You see, we need the Holy Spirit to change us. And it's not too late to invite the Holy Spirit to have his way in your life and to change you. If you want to be changed, it's never too late to change. Number three, are you being helped this morning? I hope in Carl Army you're being helped as well. Now, number three, it's never too late to reinvent yourself. Reinvent yourself. Bring a better version of you. And if you want to reinvent your life, you've got to start by maybe wearing something different. <laughs> now, some people, they just wear the same clothes. Some people just keep wearing tights when they shouldn't. <laughs> and others who follow behind know the truth. But seriously, I'm just giving you time to write down point number three. An American author, French-born American author by the name of Morel uh, Giuliano said this. She said, just as established products and brands need updating to stay alive and vibrant, you periodically need to refresh or reinvent yourself. I'd like to say that even established Christians, we don't reinvent our doctrine, but we've got to reinvent the way we see life, the way we see ourselves. And I think you, you start making small personal shifts and you start to see something new. And, and it's amazing. You can start something late in life and even excel at it when you reinvent yourself. It's amazing. Some people in the second half of their life, they're better than in the first half. I think we overestimate the first half of our lives and underestimate the second half. And at 40, sometimes you can go to sleep. Oh, well, you know, I'm middle-aged now. No, you need to keep reinventing yourself. Jenny Wood Allen, she passed away at 99 years old. She ran her very first marathon at 71 in Scotland. 71. 
Now, I think I just still enjoy reading. But she, she, went on to, she went on to complete the New York Marathon and 16 London Marathons. And in 99, at age 87, she ran the London Marathon in 7 hours and 14 minutes. She received the Guinness World Record for the oldest female marathon runner. Then she broke her own record three years later at 90 when she walked the London Marathon for the last time. I love what she wrote in her epitaph before she died. I have done my best in the race. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Steve Harvey must have been thinking about it, the talk show host, when he said this. He said, you're never too old to reinvent yourself. How many of you know this power in constant reinvention? They keep reinventing houses. How many of you know they even reinvent motor cars? That are hundreds, like 100 years old, they'll go and customize it. They reinvent houses, they reinvent clothes, they reinvent songs. The Beatles song, Yesterday, that was reinvented seven million times. And some of the versions they say are more appealing than the original Beatles version. The late, great Jimi Hendrix, who I had a big poster of him in my room at one time, he did a better cover version of the song All Along the Watchtower than Bob Dylan did who wrote it. And Mariah Carey, she did a better version of Dolly Parton's song, I Will Always Love You. Some of you thought it was her song. That's how good it was. You see, you can reinvent and be better than the original. So in your life, I think it's time to reinvent yourself to come up with something fresh and to be a better version of yourself than you were before. Warren Bennis said this, and I think it's a warning to us. People who cannot invent and reinvent themselves must be content with borrowed postures, secondhand ideas fitting in instead of standing out. I believe we need to reinvent South Africa. Oh, it's too late. No, it's never too late. If we can just consider our country and, and what God can still do, I think a lot of the time why countries get into trouble is because people don't know their sense of purpose. Why are you here? You're not just here to take. The national anthem tells you why you're here. That's why at every sports event they sing or they play the national anthem so that people are reminded it's not about you, it's about your country. Nkosi Sikalele, Africa. That's the way you're supposed to say it. I don't know white people saying, Kosizikalele, Africa. No, no, you're supposed to pause there. It's E-Africa. E-Africa. With a bit of an E-Africa. Now look at the words of this, and I'm going to obviously put them in English, lest I make a fool of myself. Notice it says, Lord bless Africa. It's about God, this country. May her glory be lifted high. Hear our petitions. Lord bless us, your children. Lord, we ask you to protect our nation. Intervene and end all conflicts. What do most politicians do when they go on TV? They add to the conflict. Thank God for our current president. He doesn't do that. But it's about knowing the purpose of a nation. Then you can reinvent it. He goes on to say, protect us, protect our nation, protect South Africa, South Africa. Then right at the end, sounds the call to come together and united we shall stand, not divided. This country's going down a road of division. No, no, we need to pull back. We're not gonna listen to social media. We're not gonna entertain the weird people who, who end up being strange and saying stupid stuff. They're lunatic fringe. We're gonna come together. And then it says, let us live and strive for freedom in South Africa. 
Come on. Let's reinvent ourselves, church. Let's reinvent our nation. And let's not allow ourselves to become stale. It's not too late to reinvent. Number four, it's never too late to be happy. Look at your neighbor and smile at them. They might be married. They need it. I think we need to decide to be happy. And some people in their 20s, they decide they're not going to be happy because they're victims and life has been so terrible. No, it's never too late to be happy. And if you've had a troubled life, multiple divorces, illnesses, things have been difficult for you, life has been unfair, your dreams have been destroyed, you must decide it's not too late for me to be happy. Every day you wake up, I'm going to be happy today. Can you say amen? I was reading a book called Later Bloomers by Deborah Eve. She talks about why people sometimes only discover late in life their giftings and so on. And she says a lot of it comes back to when they were growing up, they weren't nurtured, they weren't supported, they were rejected, they were misunderstood, or they had a lot of failure early on. They got involved with the wrong crowd sometimes. She says there was rejection at school. And then they didn't understand their passion and gifting, so they didn't know which career to take. So, so only later in life, she says, they discovered. And she could relate to that. That's why she wrote the book. And she says about herself, at 19, I left home, and her parents were fighting with each other. She said, I, I thought, is this it? But she started to begin to try and live a life. She studied anthropology at 30. She then spent two years on the island doing archaeology at 32. At 36, she studied for a BA and an MA in archaeology. At 38, she took up martial arts and even became a trainer for beginners. Ha! At 40, she backpacked solo across Europe. Pretty amazing thing to do. At 46, she found the love of her life and married. And some in the room say, praise God, there's hope for me. At 47, she got sick and she had numerous ops and she was in constant pain. But at 50 years old, she said this, I have a decision to make. I can either be miserable and in pain all the time and focus on that, or I can decide that the next half of my life is going to be happy. So she started a website called latebloomers.com, and she helps people there to be creative, productive, and happy, and to discover what they're meant to do. I want to ask you today, have you discovered what you're meant to do, or are you caught in the pain of what's happened to you? It's not too late to be happy. In fact, Carl Young said this. He said, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Number five, it's never too late to be successful. Some people have had so much failure in their lives, they believe they are a failure. No, no, you're only a failure when you give up. It's never too late to be successful. In fact, someone like Ray Kroc, he founded McDonald's when he was 50 years old. As for the colonel, we shouldn't eat too much of his stuff. He founded KFC at 60. You know, 60 is when some people are retiring, when they're putting their feet up. He had only just begun. And now that franchise is around the world. There's very few countries, even China, where you can't get KFC. I'm not sure it's chicken there, but it's KFC. <laughs> what about the actress Dame Judi Dench? Everybody knows her face, but she only became famous as an actress at 60 years old. Samuel L. Jackson, he became famous at 41, yet he's one of the foremost actors in America. What about Ang Lee? Ang Lee is a director, but he was a stay-at-home father. 
suddenly discovered he had some talents. At 41, he starts directing movies. Sense and Sensibility is one of them. And he ends up being one of America's most revered directors. Liam Neeson was 41 when he starred in Schindler's List. It almost seems like he's always been famous. But 41 is quite late in life to discover that you've got a major gift and to be catapulted onto the world stage. But let's bring it to South Africa. What about our own? Sifo Hotsticks Mabuza. You have to say it correctly. Sifo Hotsticks Mabuza. An amazing, respected, and well-loved musician in our country. But he, at 60, went back and did his matric. Isn't that amazing? At 60 years old. You see, he ended up going into a pop group and rather Afro rock group and Afro jazz group. He ended up becoming famous. One of his albums, Burnout, was 500,000 copies in the 80s. So he had a tremendous gift, but he decided, I need to go back to school. And today, he's got his matric, something he always wanted. It's never too late to be successful. Can you say amen? Here's another guy, Sile Shabalala. He's now 36, and he's the founder of a company called Quirky 30. How's that for a name? Quirky 30. Well, he at 18 ended up being put in prison for armed robbery in Seapoint. He robbed a liquor store. Several robberies before that, but he got caught on that one. They put him in prison at Polsmore, and he ended up in another prison, was part of a terrible gang. And uh, when he finally got out of prison, he decided, I have to do something with my life. Uh, he had a car, he had wealth, he was living it up. But he said, uh, uh, be, that's before he went into prison. But when he came out of prison, he said, no, I've got to do something. So relatives gathered around him, and they gave him enough money to buy a computer from uh, Cash Crusaders. He then went home, installed a computer, and every day in Cape Town, he'd walk to the library, and he'd study computer code. Do you know what computer code is? Well, he taught himself from the library to learn computer code in three languages. That's phenomenal. My son actually writes code for a living. He's living in Dublin, my oldest son, and he writes code for a living. It's very, very complex. He taught it to himself. Now he teaches it to students for free. Once a criminal and an armed robber, he reinvented himself. It's not too late to be successful and to live in a great country. Now, some of you are saying those are all secular. Please bring us something spiritual. I knew you'd ask that. I read about a woman called Fanny Crosby. She was born and got a cold in her eyes very early on. Some doctor recommended mustard, and it made her completely, well, almost completely blind. She wore black glasses for most of her life, could hardly see. But she started writing poetry. At eight, she wrote her first poem and felt she had something, blind as she was. And then she managed to find Christ. She was invited to a meeting at 31 years, one years old. She found the Lord Jesus as her friend, and she began to write songs and poems and so on. Then she met a man called William Bradbury, and he said, God has brought us together because I believe you've got a gift to write hymns. So she wrote her first hymn, and she was already at that age 44 years old. How many of you know that she wrote the hymns, To God Be the Glory? To God be the glory and blessed assurance. Oh, what a... And now Kyle Army. No. Uh, <laughs> church, how amazing is this? That this woman who hundreds of years later, literally, we're singing her hymns still in some, ch in some churches. 
But at 44, wrote her first hymn. Well, guess what? She lived for 50 years more into her 90s and wrote 8,000 hymns that churches across the entire world are singing in different translations. It's never too late to be successful. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell them that truth this morning. Number six, it's never too late to be healed. You can think you've been sick so long and you've had ailments so long that God won't heal you. It's never too late to be healed. And we've got to trust God. And sometimes there are delays and, and, and it seems like God's not going to do it. Remember the story of a man called Jairus. He was the ruler of a synagogue. And he came to Jesus on the road and he said to him, my daughter is lying at home ill, 12 years old. She's, she's dying. Jesus said, I'll come. But on the way, a woman interrupted and she grabbed hold of Jesus and he turned around and gave her attention and she was healed. But by the time he was finished, as he went onto the road again and was about to head towards the house, people came out of that house. And I want to read to you what they say in Mark chapter 5. It says, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? In other words, it's too late. Overwhelmed, sorry, overhearing. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. In other words, they're saying it's too late, but it's not too late. And he went into the house, lifted the girl from the bed, and he healed her, and she completely recovered. I want to tell you, it's not too late to receive your healing in this room today. And no matter how long you've been sick, we need to bother the teacher because it's never too late. In fact, if you're sick right here and on the Kalami campus this morning, I want you to raise your hand. You've had an illness for a long time. Lift your hand all over the room, across the Kalami campus. I want you to lift your hand up, and we're going to pray. Church, stretch your hands out on that campus and here to the people around you, and we're going to believe this morning. Father, we thank you that it's never too late to come to you for your remedy and for your solution, for your healing. We come to you this morning in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to heal people. Sometimes, Lord, there's a delay. We know that there's a delay. We trust your timing. But now we come and we bother the teacher because we know you died for our sins and you died for our healing. So we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's never too late to be healed. Let's believe God for his goodness in our lives. And let's keep bothering him for what we need. Number seven. Now, this is very important. It's never too late to get married. You see, you thought I'd forgotten about you. But I know most in the church are between 20 and 40. So this morning, let me remind you of point number seven. It's never too late to get married. Now, let me remind you of a Bible story. Isaac was 38 when his father had to find a wife for him. So you're not doing too badly. And the scripture says in Genesis 24 that Abraham sent his servant to find a bride for Isaac. Most commentators believe, and I believe, that that servant is a picture of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So here's the key. You need to rely more on the Holy Spirit to find a partner for you than your hormones or your desperation. I was reading the fascinating story about a man called Joel Vaughan. 
he worked for Focus on the Family, and uh, 10 years after leaving high school, after praying and dating and praying and dating, he still hadn't found a wife, and he really wanted to get married and settle down. While he was in his mid-30s, he still hadn't found a wife, and he was working for Focus on the Family, organizing a conference. So he needed a particular box, a package of things that were needed for the running of this conference. So it, it didn't come, and it didn't come, and he kept phoning, and it didn't come. Then he prayed, Lord, I need this stuff for this conference. I want it to be a success in Jesus' name. And then he phoned, and, he, and then he prayed again, and he phoned. And just before the conference start the, started, the box arrived, and he was like, thank you, Lord. And he said, as I took the box, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, this is what he said to me. In the same way I brought this box, I'll bring your wife. When you've done everything you can, then I will bring her. Joel said, by the time he had turned 42, he still hadn't had a wife. And he decided to move to another city. You see, sometimes there are delays, but it's never too late. Better to wait than to have to end up in court and negotiate. <laughs> anyway, he had worked at this new job, new branch of focus of the family for two years. And he suddenly met a girl and they began to feel something was there. And they dated and dated and dated and he ended up getting married at 45. And he says, Joel says he jokes that not only did God deliver his wife just as he promised, but he brought her to the right mailbox, a true mail order bride. <laughs> I want you to trust God and believe that it's never too late. That God's got his eye on you, his hand on you. I don't believe there's one man for one woman, but I believe if you trust the Holy Spirit, it's never too late to get married. And all the people were filled with hope and said, Amen. Amen. Some louder than others. Number eight. As we move to a close, number eight, it's never too late to start a new life with Christ. You can feel you've messed your life up so much that it's too late to be converted. It's too late to become a born-again Christian. But eight is the number of new beginnings because God is a God of new beginnings. He gives us a Monday, or rather a Sunday. It used to be Sunday, the first day of the week. There's always a new week. There's always a new month. There's always a new year. There's always a new start with God. And I want to read from the book of Job, just a quick verse here. Job's friend speaking to him, but I think it's got a prophetic meaning. And his friend says, here's what you must do. Don't put it off any longer. Get down on your knees before Almighty God. Get down on your knees before God Almighty. If you are as innocent and upright as you say, it's not too late. He'll come running. He'll set everything right again. Don't you love that? Reestablish your fortunes. Even though you are not much right now, you'll end up better than ever. Isn't it true that the thief on the cross didn't have time to earn it or deserve it? He simply turned to Jesus and said, remember me? Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. You see, it's never too late to be saved. It's never too late to start again with God. You say, but I've done such bad things. My life is a mess. If you, if you knew what I did, you'd be ashamed to, you wouldn't even talk to me. You wouldn't want anything to do with me. No, no, God is the God who makes dead things alive. He makes that which is messed up whole again. Quickly, Lazarus. Jesus was friends with Lazarus. You all remember? And when Lazarus was, Jesus was told, Lazarus is sick, the Bible says he waited. Then four days later, he came when he was dead and buried in the tomb. And you know what Martha said? Lord, if you had been here. In other words, it's too late. Where were you when I needed you? But Jesus told him, roll away the stone. And the King James Bible says this. They said to Jesus, Lord, by now he stinketh. 
You think he's dead. Four days later, he stinketh. And Jesus called the stinker out of the tomb. Now, here's the thing. Here's the application. No matter how dead you are, no matter how long you've been dead in your sins, and no matter how bad you stink, he's calling you, and it's not too late to start again, to have new life, to have a new beginning. Because God today is calling us like the workers in the vineyard, and he's saying it's not too late to be successful, it's not too late to have a new beginning, it's not too late to change, and it's not too late to discover Christ as your Lord and Savior. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.